1: engineering your success
2: well i just think that um i i don't think there's any panic or rush or anxiousness at all because i mean we're still um i mean we're still not even halfway over with the season i mean we're we're still we still have so much baseball left and granted every game is important but um there's, there's going to be times where we're going to be scorching hot, and then there's other times where, we're, where it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like we're putting balls off the wall and over the wall into the seats every swing. So, And granted, we, and granted that will happen. Um, I, I just think that uh, for us, um, I mean, there were some bright spots. I mean, we had a bunch of guys today put together quality at-bats. It's just that when you get a guy... Especially, um, especially with electric stuff, and he's spotting up and locating to both righties and lefties. I mean, I mean, Wills did a did a hell of a job uh, against our lineup today. And like I said before, you have to tip your cap. And um, when you get guys with electric stuff, I mean, it's tough to it's it's tough to get going. But uh, we get a chance to play tomorrow, which is awesome. And. Um, we got a pretty, pretty great, um, stretch of games coming, uh, it's going to be a long stretch of games, but we have a lot of baseball between now and the break. And I think that once we, um, get guys back and guys get comfortable and start rolling, then, I mean, we're going to be in a really good spot.
0: It's another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast here on this Sunday, June the twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the Talking Mets Podcast dot com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at Talking Mets No G, Mike Silva at Talking Podcast dot com. Well, Welcome to another edition of the show, and gotta be honest with everybody as we kick it off here on this Sunday night. Mets splitting the series against the Phillies, basically splitting the homestand before they go on a, a little road trip here. A makeup game in Washington, Atlanta Subway Series just a week away. Subway Series Part One, and um, it was I was a little cranky this weekend when it comes to the Mets. I have to tell you, and if you followed me on Twitter at Mike Silva Media. You saw that. And I don't know why all of a sudden this weekend it happened where the offense really started to bother me. Like Friday, really the offense bothered me. Uh, It hasn't been good all year. Maybe it's because we're starting to see guys come back. McNeil back in the lineup. Conforto back in the lineup. looks like Nim will be back either Monday or Tuesday this week. JD Davis, not too far away. Maybe sometime by the 4th of July or something along those lines. But Really, at this point, as we head into the holiday, uh, the 4th of July weekend, just a week away, um, it's really become apparent that the offense—I'm worried that it is what it is. So, let me set this up. Look, we've overcome uh, on this show a lot of the scares that the pitching staff has put the Mets through. You lost Lucchese earlier in the week. That's a a loss because— he was pitching so well. But let's face it, Lucchese is a back in the rotation, a guy that was pitching really well, but a five-inning pitcher, league average at best. As long as you have your Stroman-Walker-DeGrom healthy, with Peterson providing competent six-inning, three-run performances, which he's been doing better than that recently, you can figure out the fifth spot somehow. Tyler McGill, what an impressive uh, you know first start you got. Uh, Corey Oswald coming out of the bullpen seems to be giving them some some quality innings. Who the heck knows what Jared Ichikoff is going to give you? But uh, he's an arm that's been in the league a while. Hopefully, you can get five innings out of him. The doubleheader craziness that you saw this week—that's going to work itself out. The Mets are starting to make up the games. They're making up another game tomorrow. Before you know it, there's still some makeup games to be had. But it's not what it was just a couple of weeks ago. The bullpen, despite the losses of Gazelleman and Familia. Uh, and the concerns that I expressed just a week ago in in the DeGrom Dilemma podcast, I I think they've done, and I have to say, out of all the things that Louis Rojas has brought to the table, uh, which I've been very quietly impressed with him, managing the bullpen through all this craziness, and some of this has to do with the fact that the Mets can go down to the, the farm and bring up an Oswalt and a McGill and how Drew Smith has been healthy and evolved. And and even the couple of guys that they got for Stephen Matts and Sean Reed Foley and Yancy Diaz, I know they haven't been perfect when they've come in, but they've provided some quality innings, and uh, the Mets have a little bit of depth finally out of the bullpen. I think they could probably go out and afford to get somebody else. But really when it comes to pitching, we all know that they need to go out and maybe get themselves a starter because uh, there's so much uncertainty with Carrasco, and, and, and I'm not even counting on Syndergaard throwing an inning this year, but even if Carrasco comes back after being out so long, how long is it going to take? We know that's where they need to go in the trade market. And with how they've evolved defensively with not only Lindor's presence, but uh, being able to use analytics and the shifts to position themselves in the best way possible and, and be up at the top of the league and run run saved, uh, is huge. I mean, it's a team that survived some significant thunderbolts to their offense with pitching and defense. And now with the offense coming back, you would say to yourself, well, now they got themselves the chance to make a run. And let's face it, they could really, and this week they they blew a little bit of an opportunity. It wasn't a horrible week, but it wasn't a good week. Now you could make the argument, uh, you know, a line drive to the left or right at Austin Riley, they take three out of four from Atlanta, there was a little bit of bad luck there. And then, of course, Stroman getting knocked out of the game. And then this weekend against the Phillies, I mean, they should have probably swept the Phillies, if you want to argue argue that. Maybe taken three out of four. They could have been swept. But they really could have put a hurt on those two teams. They kind of came to a draw. And really where you're at right now, and cons- I don't want to say it's a concern, but maybe where the frustration and the agitation is coming, from my part, is that I see an offense that You know, fluctuates from being the worst in the National League to maybe slightly above the Pirates, a team that's rebuilding, not competing. I see them behind teams like Arizona, who are some of the one of the worst teams in baseball. And I don't know if, as you look up and down the lineup, as these guys come back, if there's anything you can do to really improve it via trade. Let's face it. I mean, can you dip down into Binghamton, Mark Vientos? Third base prospect hitting home runs like crazy. Uh, you know, maybe these other guys that are, are so far away down in in Loway like Alvarez and Brett Beatty, they're not guys that you could go to. So you don't know really if there's a lot. You know, there's no McNeil or Pete Alonso, I think, ready to jump in like twenty nineteen and maybe inject some life in this offense. It is what it is. And certainly getting a run creator like Nimmo, who continues to get crazy injuries. I mean it tore a torn ligament in his thumb. Hopefully that I mean, who knows how healed that is and if, if something else is going to happen. I mean, he hasn't been healthy since 2018. So, you know, there's no guarantee there. But there's really no way to fix this offense other than sit back and wait for it to fix itself. That's the frustrating part. And you saw that this weekend. What do I think is wrong with the men's offense other than the fact that it hasn't been healthy? Well, number one, I think their approach to the plate is bad. Now, I'm no hitting coach, and I'm not pretending to be any kind of junior hitting coach, nor am I looking at heat maps and swing planes or any of that stuff. I'm not smart enough to get into all of that. But I do know at-bats, and I'll say a synopsis of where the Mets are going wrong, if you really want to use one at-bat, go back to Saturday afternoon, right before the Conforto sacrifice fly that won the ball game, and go back to Lindor's at-bat. Against Hector Neris. Now Neris was a mess, uh, you know, all over the map. Gets up, bases loaded, nobody out. Throws a ball, and then Lindor basically helped Neris out by swinging at pitches out of the strike zone. Once you're down two strikes, it's a little bit. Neris is the kind of guy that can get you to fish a little bit because of how he is. But he got it to the point where it really should have been three and zero in that account, in, in that, in that uh, at bat. And they were fortunate that Conforto was able to do what he had to do because it would have been such a criminal offense from an offensive standpoint to blow that opportunity uh, when the guy clearly didn't have it and he was all over. But it was an an anxious at-bat. It was exactly what we heard out of Cleveland when uh, Lindor came over that sometimes with runners in scoring position, you see him fish and chase. But you're seeing a lot of that in general. First and third, what is it, one out today, Conforto at the plate. Swung at a pitch that sawed him off from Wheeler. Now, Wheeler has great movement, heavy fastball. Maybe you give Wheeler a little bit of credit there. But you know what? You're in that spot where anybody, and I've watched a lot of Wheeler, on the road early on, you get a couple of runs off of him, you might be able to knock Wheeler out. And this ball game today is totally different. I know Stroman wasn't great. Defense wasn't great. First time they haven't been great like that. But it's really right now my concern is the approach. They're a team that's prone to off-speed guys, guys who move in and out, uh, you know, shutting them down. Uh, They're not even a bully offense. They're an offense that waiting for fastball down the middle really is what it comes down to. And let's face it, this day and age, pitchers, they look at video. They look at all sorts of different types of trends. Every stat imaginable is available to you. It's going to be easy to pitch to them. Um, So where do you go? And what do you do? And and really, uh, I, what I I threw out there right now is you have to sit back and write it out. You built this offense back in 2019. You invested in Alonzo. You invested in McNeil. You invested in Dom Smith. These are three guys that you know. Other than uh, Alonzo, let's face it, the other two guys are not hitting. And you could make an argument that they should be on the bench uh, for some of the replacement Mets. Conforto. Below league average hitter right now, out for a while, playing for a contract. Let's see. Let's see what Conforto can do here in the second half because, let's face it, uh, you know he's still going to get paid even if he has a down year, but it could affect the number of commitment in terms of years and whatnot that's available to him. There might be questions about him as he goes into free agency, especially going into a CBA year. So the hope is that with more than half the season left – and you're going to be about a week from now. You're going to be about at the half. You're going to be at the halfway mark exactly about a week from now. That similar to the 2019, where the pitching staff was not living up to standards in the first half, but pitched so well in the second half that the offense plays that role in the second half, where it finally goes. And I'll give you a kind of a crazy situation here, that if you just go, and if the Mets right now. They are averaging 3.6 runs per game coming into today's ballgame before they scored two runs. Shade ahead of the Pirates for the last in the National League. I didn't even look at the American League because I'm sure there's not an American League team. They're, 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 they're the last. They're 29th or 30th in baseball. If they scored a half a run more, which would be League Average, right now the league average is about 4.2 runs per game. I'm not expecting to be the Giants or the Dodgers at five runs a game or the Reds at five runs a game, or even the Braves at four and a half. I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for that. I'm not even asking for them to be like the Colorado Rockies, who are a little bit above league average on, on runs scored. 4.2 runs per game. League average as of 2021. Half a run. About 36 and a half more runs over the course of the first 73 or 74 games. The Mets are playing 600 baseball. They're probably ready to run away with the division. They're eight games ahead of that point of Washington, they're double digits ahead. And that's just regularly, forget about the loss column, even more in the loss column because there's a little bit of a, an off-balance there because of the games played. So this is a very incremental, and maybe that's how this, this front office is looking at it, an incremental improvement in this offense. Let's throw in the garbage the concept that we talked about all offseason, that the 2020 2019 Mets in the second half, 2020 Mets with Dom Smith playing MVP level, McNeil uh, giving you what he gave you in 2019. Uh, you know, Conforto playing almost like an MVP like he did last year. You get a a, a version of James McCann that's closer to the version that you saw in Chicago, uh, which, you know, I didn't expect that. He's a little bit more towards the middle, which is is what you got. Forget about that offense, because I don't think you're going to see that offense, even with Nemo and J.D. Davis coming back. And that's where it gets complicated, I'll get to that in a minute. Give me an offense that is competent, that could score four runs. You get one crooked number. When DeGrom pitches, you score four runs. More than likely, you're going to win that game, even if you have to get nine outs from the bullpen. And it's funny, just a sidebar note. I'm going to throw this in there because I talked about this a couple of times when it comes to DeGrom coming to the game. If you go to Trevor May's video, he did a video of the San Diego series that's out. He brought up, he threw it right in there. The day the Grand pitch, how hard it is for a guy coming out of the bullpen to pitch on those days because it's almost like the offense is breathing a sigh of relief because you go from as close to perfect, as close to, you know, I hate to use this, the baseball gods. Let's not use God. Let's not get religion evoked. Where the baseball gods give you a perfect pitcher on the mound to mortality that it even makes guys like Edwin Diaz and Seth Lugo and Trevor May who are pretty good relievers, outstanding relievers in some cases, look average because of the drop-off. Just throwing that out there. But um if you score that crooked run, you're in great shape. And they're having trouble doing that. They really are. Even against the bad Phillies bullpen this weekend, they struggled to score off those guys. They were gifted a couple of games because of the Phillies defense more than anything. And, you know, you really don't have any other options. Now, here's what you do have to think about. And this is where it gets a little tricky for Luis Rojas. So, first things first, you have Nimmo coming back. It'd be very interesting to see how they play that move. Now, I love Elmore's defense out there in center, but he's going down the Lagaris khalil Lee route here. Khalil Lee. Jeez, uh, oh, the guy from two years ago. I'm, I'm losing my mind here because they had a guy that was a good— de- Keon Broxton, that was the name, Keon Broxton. The Keon Broxton route where the guy plays defense, he can't, he can't, he can't hit. I mean, he can't hit. He got robbed by uh, McCutcheon on Friday, but he can't hit. And his approach at the plate is, you know, off-speed, off-speed, gone. So I don't know because you have Pilar, and I know that he gets criticized Pilar for his defense. But to me, his combination of his bat and defense deserves to be on the, you know, to get a majority of the playing time. You bring Nimmo back. I guess you can then at some point, you can't send down Mizeka because you got to wait for Nito to come back. He's your your backup catcher. Maybe Blankenhorn goes down. Uh, you know That might make sense. Really, the guy that makes the most sense to send down is Amora. Now, when J.D. Davis comes back, that's where it gets interesting because that's when you have to make the decision about Billy McKinney. And look, Billy McKinney, since coming to the Mets, is hitting .225. He's got four home runs. He's got an on-base percentage of 320. His OPS is over 800 He's uh, OPS plus of, uh, of 130. he He's been one of the Mets' better hitters. Now, maybe you could go in and dive deeper in the numbers and those games against the Orioles and maybe some of the home runs and blowouts like against Atlanta. Maybe that's inflating it, sure. And he's by far not a perfect player. But he's a guy you got off the scrap heap that was playing well in Milwaukee when Yelich was out. And it's pretty much a gift. You put that guy on waivers and send him down because I do not believe he has any options. You're going to lose him. You didn't lose Mason Williams, but Mason Williams elected free agency and came back. He's not going back to AAA. Somebody's going to say maybe there's something here. He's 26 years old. So you got to stick with McKinney and you never know what you what you got there. And let me throw you something wild out there. And I know that everybody gets mad when I say this on Twitter. And this has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with anything else. Can you honestly say that Billy McKinney is is a worse option starting in left field than Dom Smith? Because he's having a better year, way better year. Now Dom Smith's played a lot more but in in less time he's shown a lot more now you know maybe when you look at over the course of 162 games that's all you know it's certainly going to even out but right now you can't say with any certainty that throwing billy mckinney away because you have to keep don smith starting or you have to keep elmore on the roster that makes absolutely no sense he should be part part of this this team you almost stuck with keeping him because the minute you try to get rid of him you know, you got no, and you're not going to get a guy like that back. The fact that you got a guy that could produce at that level off the scrap heap in May, pretty lucky. Good work by the Mets. A little fortuitous that Milwaukee, you know, had him and didn't have room for him. So, what you have to do here is you got to figure out a way to incorporate, you know, JD Davis back onto this roster in, in about a week. Uh, I think Peraza has options, so, you know, maybe he goes down. Uh, but really, the re- the one key that I think we're learning here, and the two guys that are really going to have to start to show me something, and I mean like tomorrow, starting this week, is Dom Smith and McNeil. Because neither on the defensive side has shown me a heck of a lot where I would be against mixing the replacement concept of defense along with the healthy met offense component And put him together. What do I mean by that? Well, you got your catcher, Nito and McCann, and and that's there. And Pete Alonso, you know, I heard people criticize him over the weekend. I mean, he may not be a 50-home run pace guy, but he's going to get you 30 bombs. He's a guy that's going to go into streaks with his home runs. But he has shown to be a little bit more of a complete hitter, being able to go the other way like he did this weekend. Go up the middle. That's what you want. You don't want it to be an all or nothing. It's almost like I feel like they want him to hit the 50 home runs and, and forget about I mean he's he's still driving in runs. Uh you know, he's still still doing the things you would expect. Pete's a very good player. I don't think he's an MVP and I don't think he's on the level of a David Wright or or any of that. But Pete's a really good player. He's not your problem. And let's face it, Lindor's not having a great year hitting 215, but his numbers in the last, you know, three, four weeks have been more Lindor-esque. And what he's provided on defense is tremendous. But Jonathan Villar, Jose Peraza have been much better defensively when they're in the lineup. I think Villar, if he's healthy with the calf when he comes back, deserves an opportunity to find some time at third or second. And that's going to be at the expense of, obviously, McNeil. And who can argue with the defense that Luis Guillerme is playing at third? I mean, he's a magician. I mean, he, he... he, to me, and what you've seen out of Guillerme and VR and the whole defense that the Mets have provided, whether it be... It's not just the shift. That's a big part of it. But they have better defensive players. Um, It's really a situation where how can you turn that kind of situation down when you don't know if you're going to get any kind of offense out of guys like McNeil and Dom Smith. You're not getting 2019 McNeil so far this year. You're not getting 2020 Dom... Can you get those guys? Sure. I don't think it's gone. It's not like it magically was zapped away. But right now, defense has to be as much a priority because if you go and downgrade the defense and you get similar type of offensive production, you're harming the team at this point. You're actually fielding a worse team. What do I think the lineup should be? Well, if McNeil doesn't hit and VR is back, stick VR at second base. And you keep Guillermo at third base. And then when J.D. Davis comes back, you figure out what pitchers, when it comes to whatever kind of ground ball, what kind of metrics you want to look, maybe when a Stroman's on the mound or Peterson, you go with Guillerme, maybe with a DeGrom and Taiwan Walker, you go more with uh, J.D. Davis. You go a little more offense there. Maybe you play it on the field or the position or the team. That they could figure out by matchups. Um Outfield, conforto. You keep him right. You're gonna have to let conforto figure it out and find his way. He's had these peaks and valleys. He usually finds his way, and and we'll see. Uh, center field, I'd give the job to Pilar, and I'd have Billy McKinney spot him in center field. That's what I would do right now. Pilar is showing you that he's trying. You know, not that he's hitting tremendous amount, but he's hitting with a little bit of pop. He plays good defense. You move Nimmo to left, so you get Nimmo out of center and all the complaints and whatnot. And you get your top offense run creator in in the, in the corner. You put your better defender in center. You don't have to do the the moving around late in the game like you do. And to me, that's your lineup. And guess what? Dom Smith and Jeff McNeil sit on the bench. And at some point, especially when it comes to McNeil, look, I've said about Dom Smith, before he went down with an injury in 2019, look at the numbers, the splits in July. He wasn't hitting. He had a, He wasn't even going to be a starter when he came into the pandemic season. He started to hit, got hot. Remember a couple things pandemic shortened season, mainly playing the NL East, Uh, you know, pitchers who got thrown off and uh, maybe weren't quite ready for what was going on. No fans in the stands. Maybe that has an impact on, you know, some of this stuff, good or bad. Who knows? Uh, You know, to me, McNeil, he's got a little bit of that, and I've said this before the Greg Jeffries syndrome. Throwing the bat, slamming the helmet, almost like over-frustrating himself into outs. Take a step back and be yourself. The other night, three hits, you think he's starting to get his way back into a groove? Right back to it. I've been concerned. I've said it before. Those videos all offseason, the home run happy second half in 2019, really concern me. The best version of McNeil I felt was the version in the first half of 2019 when he hit 350, made the all-star team. Wasn't really hitting for a tremendous amount of power, but was getting on base. He was hitting doubles, hitting the ball hard. Um, Look, everybody goes through peaks and valleys. I told you a long time I spoke to a hitting coach that told me, the league will figure you out. And then it's really how you adjust to the pitchers and how they adjust back. And that's why you have great players like David Wright, and then you have players like Lasting's Millage who couldn't figure their way through the league because they couldn't make the adjustments, and they couldn't handle the mental side of learning what the pitchers are doing as they as they figure you out now it's even worse with the technology all the technology the slow motion cameras the high res cameras the heat maps it's all in favor of the pitchers forget about the sticky stuff forget about that so really the challenge for Luis Rojas and the front office first of all the front office has got to figure out who's going to be off the island now i think Omora has options he goes to Syracuse in my opinion I have down here that Peraza has options. Uh, you know, he goes down. You know, is a nice piece, but not enough to keep him on the roster at the expense of J.D. Davis, who could be a big boost on offense. But what you've learned, and maybe by accident, since the makeshift Mets, the replacement Mets took over in mid-May, is that the Mets have good defense, and they have some good things going on on that side. And for a team that is probably right now in best-case scenario, Gonna score about three or four runs a game in the near term until they show me otherwise. They're gonna need every ounce of defense, and this pitching staff deserves to be supported. They've done everything. The bullpen has done yeoman's work, stepping up. The starting rotation has matched zeros with some of the best pitchers out there. When Nola's going out there playing Tom Seaver, they're matching those zeros. Uh, Taiwan Walker did the best he could. You know, Nola runs into a couple of fastballs. It happens. So that's really where we're going here. Can you fix the men's offense? I don't know. you got to sit back and watch. That's, the mo- that's why we're agitated. That's why I'm frustrated because nothing is worse than sitting back and not knowing what the problem is and waiting for it to change and every day seeing the same thing and now looking at the calendar and saying, well, it's July. Is it really going to change or is this who they are? And that's the scary bar because if this is who they are, It's a hugely missed opportunity. They've missed an opportunity to run away from the division. They still have a chance this week. They put a hurt on the Braves. They beat the Nats and pushed the Nats back a little bit. You know, they could somewhat knock the Braves out. If you're the Braves, you see the Mets coming in Atlanta for three, you got to start getting it going if you're going to win the division. You got to start pushing forward because, uh, you know, you look up, it's July 4th. Uh, It gets to be August pretty quick, and it starts to become harder, even with all the struggles the Mets have had. What are they, four out of the last one, four out of the last ten? You gotta go seven and three, eight and two to pick up three, four games, and you're ten games out, that still puts you, you know, a touchdown away, for lack of a better word. So Mets are in a good position. I don't want to sit here and be overly negative. They're in a good position. But there's just this, there's a lot of little things that are frustrating. And the biggest frustration is why can't an offense that on 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 if you go on baseball reference, even if they had down years. These are not the kind of hitters they are, and that's crazy because it's you know at this point it's not a hitting coach thing. I don't want to hear about the hitting coach. I don't want to hear about firing this guy or doing this. There's something, either collectively they're just you know streaky hitters and they're coming out at some point, or maybe organizationally their philosophy of what they're what they're throwing in their head, maybe with information, maybe it's too much. I don't know. Uh, I don't think this is a Chili Davis thing. I don't think this is a Quattle bomb thing. I think this is a situation where these guys just got to start looking in the mirror and saying, "Hey, let me go out there, swing the bat, focus on some of the simple things. Forget about the heat maps. Forget about all the the stuff, all the noise around me. Go out there and hit, perform, and get the job done." Because I tell you what, Don Smith and Jeff McNeil, they're not guaranteed jobs, and both of them, I don't t- even taking away the game winning hit on 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 Friday. You know, Dom has been bad. McNeil has been bad, and the Mets can't have two of these guys in key parts of the lineup continue to be bad much longer, especially when you have better defensive players that you can put in there that are not as good hitters, but probably at this point with the way those guys are playing, could produce just as much offensively. All right, let's take a quick break. Fun segment for you, another fan segment. This time we have somewhat of a uh, super fan, Frank the Tank, Frank Fleming, Barstool Sports. You guys might know him. Um, If you follow him on Twitter, at NJTank99, he does a a bunch of video blogs. Very, very negative Mets fan. Can we get him to see the glass half full, the glass half empty? Not sure. I just gave you my takeaway the Mets are. Let's hear from superfan Frank Fleming, Barstool Sports, Frank the Tank, right after this. And enjoy the rest of the show. We're back and on a show where we're going to be glass half full, glass half empty, first place Mets. I brought a guy in that's going to give it to us straight. Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank, Barstool Sports. Uh, Great stuff going on over there. Frank, happy Sunday. You don't look happy, Frank. You didn't like the split against the Phillies. You're not feeling this first place Mets team? No, not at all. Nope, nope. What's, give, give me your, give me your, give me what's bothering you. Great defense, starting pitching. Well, great. not today. Well, you know, everybody has a bad day defensively. What about bullpen's been really good? Um, the, the Pete Alonso and Dom Smith think the bats are coming around just around the corner.
3: So, what, what do you got for me? Oh yeah, what what, what corner? Uh, the the bell I mean, uh, you talk about glass half empty, glass half full. The glass is not only empty; it's leaking. That bad, huh? I I mean, the 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 team cannot fucking hit. What the fucking goddamn? I mean, uh, it, it it it's it's pathetic. It 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 it's awful.
0: What do you feel about this thought? So I'm you know the guys are coming back. You got Nimmo coming back, mm. JD Davis. It was like heresy when I said Dom Smith may have to sit when these guys come back. Jeff McNeil's not the same player. Jeff McNeil
3: is Me- being garbage this year. Garbage.
0: Well, think about this. Garbage. Do, we use, do we use some of the makeshift Mets, replace the Mets, and mix them up? Because the defense has been so good with some of these guys, do we mix these two guys up, These you know, kind of do a hybrid type of offense? Well, uh, I certainly missed uh, Jonathan VR. And you would sit him, you would sit McNeil for VR.
3: Yeah. You're that, you're that down, Frank, huh? I mean, it's it's been pretty pathetic. I mean, really, it really has been pathetic. What, uh, you know, give me something positive, Frank. Anything that you like
0: about this team going into, I mean, two weeks before the break, Subway Series coming next week?
3: The pitching has been decent enough. Yeah.
0: Wow. You're, you're, the, the Mets have the best start since 2010. I saw that stat today, and we can't get you, get you going over here, huh?
3: I mean, uh, especially since that stupid Donnie Stevenson video came out. The, Don, the Donnie Diesel thing, It's the
0: time is inappropriate on that whole thing. There's a lot of vlogs going around the Mets right now. You got Donnie Diesel. Trevor May. They seem to be having a lot of fun. This is the. Fir- I got to tell you, Frank. This is the first week, and I was a little agitated too. Friday, I was cranky. I think the approach at the plate has been bad. The Phillies kind of gave them a couple of games. This is the first time I could agree with you. But you've been kind of, you've been kind of worried about this team for a while. Anyone who follows you on Twitter knows that uh, you know at NJ Tank ninety nine that you're you're not feeling you're not feeling this whole thing,
3: huh? I mean, if it wasn't for uh, the Phillies. Uh... Just being, just talking. The Mets they really got swept. You excited about the black jerseys coming? Will they hit <laughs>
0: the? Black maybe that's the key, Frank. Maybe that's the key. The black jerseys can ignite. Here's what's going to happen, Frank. They're going to have the black jerseys. They're going to start hitting, and then they'll stop wearing them.
3: And then we'll hear I you mean, rant about. I mean, it. literally, it's it's it, it, it it's launch and lunge, launch and lunge. Lunge and lunge, lunch and lunge.
0: Well, um, what about the manager? Do you like the manager? I'm not a big fan of his. I haven't. He
3: hasn't convinced me yet. What bothers you about Louis Rojas? No, no, no he doesn't have that much. Oof. You, you want to
0: fight? You like Terry Collins? You're that kind of guy. You like the Terry Collins type of guy?
3: Yeah, uh, Bob Valentine's my all-time favorite manager. Are you? Now you're not living in Connecticut, but you would vote for
0: him for mayor, I would assume. If uh, yes, seen. I would. Bobby, Bobby running as an independent for mayor—that's interesting. And he's got a book coming out, Frank. I don't know if you realize that—the the Valentine Way, Bobby V—coming out with a book. Uh, look at, look, look at, look at that. So, what do you got, going? Give us some Mets uh, from Frank the Tank. What do you got, Frank? What's give me well, something. The, here.
3: the pitching has been good for the most part. The hitting is just is just unsustainable. They can't keep expecting the pitching to be perfect every day. I mean, uh, Strowman was a little off today. Degrom was a little off yesterday. Of course, Degrom being the uh, De, De, uh, bad, Degrom is better than ninety percent of the pitchers in baseball. You but, uh, you you're feeling
0: you're feeling uh, you're feeling the Subway Series next week at all or no? Uh, I'm not into
3: gonna, the Subway Series anymore. It's gonna be it's like it. gonna be misery. I, I feel. You
0: think the Yankees who have their own issues, Jericho, Cole, no Stickum you know, getting rocked. Uh, I hear Angel here. Hernandez
3: is scheduled to uh to ump that series.
0: I didn't know that. You got the umpire scheduled. How do you get that one, Frank? I'm I'm curious. That's I, I'm never... waiting.
3: I'm just waiting for Angel Hernandez to, to oh, interject yeah. himself and do something. <laughs> That's and really
0: and really ruin the whole thing. Yeah, By the yeah, way and, uh,
3: yeah Angel Hernandez would be the umpire that would plant sticky stuff on a pitcher
0: <laughs> he'll plant the sticky stuff just so the Mets could lose now do you know I'll tell you a funny story do you know the old Michael Tucker all you know you're you're a guy who knows your history you remember back in 1998 right before the all-star break Angel Hernandez made a call yep. Mets Braves do you know the reason Angel Hernandez wanted to make that call I heard a rumor is that yeah, he, he wanted to go home early to Miami because he had a plate flight uh, a flight to catch that's so, a true story Frank yeah it was like the 12th Danny yeah, it was the 12th inning on that. So that then you can see that. Angel Hernandez wants to go home next Sunday around 11.30 p.m. tie ball game, makes a bad call against
3: the Mets. Mets lose. And uh, I'd love to see one of your video rants the day after on one of those. I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was like, the, And it was the 4th of July, last game before the All-Star break, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. And do one of those things. You, I don't feel like the Subway series has any juice anymore. I can't
0: get up for it. Do you... Do you do you have any ability to get up for that anymore? It used to be like this benchmark summer event, where uh, you know you could you could the first
3: like postseason tryout, so to speak. Now it it just seems like another game. There's not really much juice for next week, but there's going to be a lot of juice when they play at Citi Field. Oh, you think so? Right? N- not when they when they go to Yankee Stadium? No. That's
0: interesting. Usually the Yankee stadium games, I always felt were good because of the atmosphere. I guess maybe the stadium's not the same type well, of place. Um, the,
3: uh, the, the series at Citi Field coincides with the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Oh, right. Right.
0: In September. So that, that'll be a big one. And by that time, the Mets will be doing the countdown for clinching the division. So there'll be even that much more excitement I would think. Right.
3: <sighs> yeah. That, <laughs> I, I don't see that. I see the Mets, uh, Probably by that time, will be in fourth place, averaging 1.1 runs per game. It's possible they'll be
0: averaging two runs a game. But with what you saw from the Phillies, I mean, the Nats have been hot. The Braves can't seem to get going. The Marlins are the Marlins. Even though know, the Mets could really muddle through this season, you know, figure this out. And they're well, they're the kind of team with the way the pitching and defense has been. They're built for the tournament type of phase of of, of baseball, don't you think? They need to hit.
3: The hitting is pathetic. Bring back Chili Davis. Uh, baseball just needs to, uh, uh, just to stop this launch and lunge. One of the
0: biggest examples of their offensive utility, I don't know if you saw with Hector Neres yesterday during the double, uh, not the double header. that was yesterday, was the afternoon game, was here they have bases loaded, no one out. Do you see the Lindor up-bat? How oh, Lindor? Awful. All, it was really a bat. It was one of the worst at-bats I've seen. Ball one swung at a pitch, uh, up and away. And even today, Conforto with Wheeler, first and third, one out. Ball's coming in, you know, not the kind of pitch you want to swing and drive. And I know Wheeler's got late movement, but the, the pitch selection, to me, has been the worst thing. I don't know if that's, you know, the hitting coach. They, just they have no
3: clue what's going on at the plate. They just launch and lunge. They close their eyes, they launch and lunge. Lunch, lunch, and uh, lunch, and lunch. We need to get,
0: maybe you could put together a video motivating them to hit. How, how, what would the
3: Donnie Diesel, Frank the Tank version of the video be? I would show them clips of baseball like uh, 40 years ago when people actually knew how to hit.
0: What were some of your favorite guys in the 80s? What, was it? What, what were Frank the Tank old Met favorites that you'd put up there showing them? Keith Hernandez was always clutch. Always clutch. Yep. Anybody else you'd put up there
3: for them? Gary Carter. um, Yeah. Daryl Strawberry. Frank, who would you, what would you make a big deal?
0: Like a lot of people think pitching's the, the, the problem. Would you make some kind of big deal to, you know, bolster the offense at this point instead of the pitching?
3: I don't know who's available out there, though. That's the problem. Would you trade Dom Smith? Oh, uh, Yes, I would. So, out of all the
0: trades, let me give you. So, if you had to put guys that you would trade, Dom Smith for sure, right? Jeff McNeil, or are you ready to give McNeil some time here? It depends what you can get for him. I'm looking at the offensive options here. Of course, the Cubs aren't going to trade Chris Bryant. And the problem is here, Frank, there's really no impact player you could bring in you almost have to ride this thing out and hope they start hitting and the thing is it's it's peculiar uh you would think you know statistically these guys would just you know played at least to the mean on the on this they have yet to show any acceleration Phone. maybe Brandon is the key Frank he comes back next week he's a run creator he's a
3: guy maybe we'll that's see. a guy for you. I'm just tired I'm just tired of just the the feeble at-bats I got the impression, though, talking to you,
0: they've burnt you out. You seem burnt out by the Mets tonight.
3: I'm just tired of every game. It feels like uh, it, 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 and, and the team has no power. It's single, single, leave a runner on, leave a runner on, ending over. It's probably one of the – this has been one of the more frustrating offensive Mets teams in a long time. Don't you agree? I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Uh Michael Conforto, you know, he rarely gets a – he comes to with uh, runners on base. Rare, I mean, very rarely. You also have
0: uh, Francisco Lindor. Now, at the beginning of the year, I had said mm. that maybe they should wait to date a little bit before they get married, right? And uh, sure enough, here you go. Lindor, imagine if they had not signed him. They could go into the offseason, negotiate a contract with the kind of year he's having. Great defensive player, but he's basically Omar Vizquel.
3: Omar Rascal hit better than that. Well,
0: well, a little, a little bit, a little bit. So give me a couple of things you're looking for. Give me something. uh, What's Frank the Tank looking for between now and the All-Star break the next two
3: weeks? To score, to to hit what runs in scoring position, to not, uh, to not have it so that if the pitcher allows two runs, you lost. To not feel that, uh, a game where that, uh, that, the to nothing, uh, feels like a t- 20 to nothing. That's that, that
0: would be a start. Give a, give me a little bit. So you got your own, uh, YouTube channel. Obviously you do tons of stuff with Barstool. Uh, you have your own podcast. Talk a little bit about that. What do you got coming up there?
3: Well, I got the, uh, tank, uh, channel, uh, I'm uh not too far from twenty thousand uh, subscribers. I hope to get more subscribers uh, to get twenty thousand as soon as possible. Maybe we uh, maybe got, we could help get you there. We'll try I got to help the, get uh, you. Uh the, the the Twitter channel. I'm doing Mets minutes on uh, tiktok i have I s I've I've
0: watched those. And we've got some fans listening to this show that are from the UK. We got this little Mets fan thing going on in the United Kingdom. So we might be able to bring you to another continent now, Frank, with this whole uh spot over here. Oh, that will be fun. <laughs> I can hear you rant about the Mets offense over – maybe the Queen's listening to you, listening to listening to you rant about the Mets offense. I got a smile out of you, Frank. I got a smile out of you. You've been – I got to tell you, I'm worried about you. You're, this team has really got you down. I, I expected some, you know, I'm a little bit of – I'm tired. Scrutiny. I'm
3: tired of just the uh, two runs game.
0: It It. It, it, it sucks. You're not feeling. See, there's a lot of fans who are feeling the vibe. City Field is open. Um, you know, the team's in first place. They've had some fun moments. You've been. You go to many games. I don't think you are at today's game. You are at the ballpark this weekend. The ballpark's lively, isn't it? Yes, I was there
3: uh, Saturday. And and what do you think? I mean, does does that at least give you some hope? The energy from the yeah, crowd. What yeah, but the uh, but the, the the fact is this: the Mets are. The Mets, the Mets were almost they almost lost two games, one to nothing on Friday. They should have lost yesterday. They got they, they weren't even in today's game. I I mean, I would have hate to see you. If they had gotten sweat. Is, the poor hitting is catching up to them. Yeah, the poor hitting is catching up to them.
0: Here's what I think. Don't you think that Nimo coming back? Then I mean, at this point, they they really shouldn't be they should be hitting the excuse that they're not healthy. That's kind of going away. You have Nimmo coming back. I think the hardest part is when J.D. Davis comes back, the defense has been so good with Guillermo at third and VR at third. Oh, J.D. Davis is riding the bench. I mean, Jay, but he's a great hitter, uh, Frank, and they need offense. You don't feel comfortable putting him in? I mean, do you sacrifice offense for defense? That's kind of, you know, one of the things where you
3: look yeah, at Yeah, but Jonathan VR has also played well yep. with the back compared to other players. And he's And now he's hurt. Hopefully that's
0: a temporary thing with the calf situation. I've never seen so many injuries. Every time the, a guy goes out there, the other day I'm watching the grand pitch against the Braves. I see him start twisting and turning. I'm like, Oh, is he hurt? Is he hurt? You get, you get a little, you're becoming like a little medical doctor here watching the games and whatnot. It's like, you're waiting for the next, uh, the next shoe to drop. I got to tell you, this has been an odd season from the, you know, the, you got to start off with the COVID shutdown and all the rainouts, And now the offense. I've never seen a team with this much firepower on paper, Not hit. Like, think about Mets teams that haven't hit, Frank. It's like, okay, teams that you knew couldn't hit. Teams that, you know, Some in in some ways, it's like the worst team money can buy Mets, the 92 Mets, except they're winning. Think about that team. They couldn't hit. They had trouble scoring. Had a lot of injuries. Guys didn't have the years that you thought. Look back on baseball reference. It kind of some similarities there. Oh, this team reminds me a lot of that. Well, not with the Torborg and the dysfunction, but you know, you're really—I am telling tell you—fans are going to walk away wondering whether or not they should invest their time in the second half of this Mets team. You've got them finishing fourth, just ahead of the Marlins. You're that—you're that down on them, huh?
3: I—I—I I, just—I—I I, I need to see them start hitting. Big Subway Series next week. Give
0: me so give me some predict. So you don't think the Mets are going to win a game in the Subway Series? Uh, they might win one. They might win one. Definitely not the cold start. If the got bombed today, he's due for a big start next week. So uh, perfect game, perfect game, Garrett Cole, perfect game over and the there. The umpires will us. walk
3: out there and even give him the uh, sticky. They stuff. They might give him
0: the sticky stuff. <laughs> they might give it to him. Well, Frank, it's been a pleasure. I wanted to you know. Check... I was
3: watching one of the games. Uh, yep the uh, the uh, the so far in the games, the Mets have been uh, are checked three times a game. Uh-huh. and uh the other teams are not you t- you actually watch so you so you go to the game they're checking the mets more than the opposition yeah this is why yesterday yeah yesterday only uh only Nerys was checked for the phillies that's Every interesting so maybe maybe there's a feeling that the mets
0: have been the ones perpetuating the sticky stuff that's an interesting uh, uh the umpires
3: thing. fucking suck Wow. confident they're terrible. They're awful. Awesome.
0: So only Nerys got checked. So Nerys, so they didn't check. Uh, and I'm trying to think now. It's kind of blending in. They didn't. They didn't check Eflin at all throughout nope. the whole game. Not at all. So maybe what they're doing is they're trying to throw off the pattern. So that if you think you're not going to get checked, then all of a sudden that is weird that they wouldn't check
3: the other guy. Well, yeah, uh, the, the first uh, the first uh, player to be caught was Hector San- Hector Hector Santiago, former Met. former
0: Met. Former Matt Brody. Now you're a big Brody Van Wagon and fan of Brody Van Wagon and uh, uh, acquisition. I've seen some very good brands from Brody Van Wagon and from you on on, uh, on uh,
4: Twitter.
3: He literally reminded me of the guy that was uh, in the um, in the video uh, in the Simpsons uh, mon- monorail, <laughs> monorail, monorail, monorail. <laughs> You love Edwin Diaz, though. You got to like what you see out of Edwin Diaz, no? You
0: still getting stressed about that?
3: Well, he's been good this year.
0: Frank, you're a Devils fan. You got to at least be happy this in The Islanders are not in the cup. Uh, he's kind of rooting for the De- Islanders. You were rooting for the Islanders, huh? Yes. You're one of those. Re- there was a lot of glee from the Rangers contingent when the Islanders lost.
3: Oh, well, those are the Rangers, a classless organization. The the the, class- the, the, the- I mean, the, the Rangers The Rangers suck, and they always, and they always will. There you go. Now, anybody who has followed Frank, there's been some classic ninth
0: inning Edwin Diaz rants. Um, you know, you had that song. You had, you know, the Misery song the other day. That was a good little chord you put out there there. Oh, the Misery. You want to give us one of those on the uh, the broadcast here? You he was singing the other day about Oh, the Misery.
3: Oh, the pain, the pain. Never ends the pain, the pain. Quite the strain. Oh, the pain, the pain. It never ends. Oh, the Mets. Always find a way to rip your heart out. There you go. So, Frank, allow me to be frank is the podcast. Give us what to, what's coming up next on the YouTube channel before I let you go. Well, soda reviews, hot dog reviews. Uh, I might do some uh, live streaming uh, soon. So keep an eye on that. Have you gone to the Piazza Vodka bar yet? Uh, oh, City yeah, 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 yeah. Wouldn't you it. like
0: the Piazza Vodka bar?
3: The seats are right. My seats are right by it. I have to go through the go through that lounge. It was what do you uh, think previously of it? it was previously called the Foxwood Lounge, and then it, before that, it was the Caesar's Lounge. So and I've was, always had to go through there. What is it? Thirty One Vodka or something
0: like that? Um Something like that. I I just called
3: the Piazza Lounge. The
0: Piazza Lounge. I would. Uh, here's what I want. I want Piazza to make an appearance there. I want him to see you come in and you and Piazza get a little photo together. Give, give you you and Piazza. I wanna see that. I wanna see I wanna see that. I gotta smile. I gotta smile out of you, Frank. I gotta tell you a word about you, Frank. You don't this
3: team has really got you down. I, I did I'm not just expect. Tired of this. this. I'm just tired of the uh, the the just the aggravation of the the lack of hitting. It, 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 I I hate when it's when uh, when the are down two runs, and you feel like it's over. Yep. Any new amenities at City Field? I haven't been out there yet.
0: Is anything new going on at City Field that's cool? Anything to, to look at? Nothing. Nah. Well, it's, McFadden's is gone, right? Gone, I
3: believe, yeah. I don't think it's there anymore.
0: So you have no... So it's still got a little ways to go. The It's not well, the same experience pre-pandemic,
3: huh? Well, uh, it's starting to get there.
0: It's starting to get there. You know, the fans. The know.
3: problem is they, they got to do something about that Iron Triangle area. A lot of it's been torn down. They got to make out a ballpark village, put up some restaurants. I mean, uh, McFadden's was never was was always just rented out of City Field. It was never yep. part of City Field, right? There's I no remember way, going. There's no way yeah. to get to McFadden's from City Field.
0: Yeah, it's it's clumsy. I remember going to Pittsburgh to a Pirate game and seeing the little village they had outside. You walk over the bridge over there, and I was always jealous. I'm like, this is Pittsburgh. And look at what they have, and you know, all due respect, you go to a City Field. You're right. You just if you don't go to the Met game, there's nothing, unless you want I mean, to get I a spare time. I never really went
3: into McFadden. I guess, I mean, that's the opposite end of where I'm going. Right. I'm, I mean, the subway is on the the upper the other side of the city, the field. Right, right. It's
0: on the roads of that's Roosevelt Avenue, or, uh, Roosevelt Avenue side. Have you run into Steve Cohen at the ballpark?
3: No, not at all. If you saw Steve Coll, would you give him your thoughts on the offense? I give my thoughts on the offense every day on fucking Twitter. I'm pretty sure he knows my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: probably knows your thoughts. Well, Frank, happy Sunday! Thank you for joining us here on the Talking Mets podcast. We got to get you on after they win the World Series. You're going to be the first guy we talk to because there's no chance you'd be this unhappy the day they win, even if they win the pennant. I get you on there. That's got to be.
3: I, I mean, yep. I just, I, I'm just tired of just the, uh, the lack. I mean. The Nationals now are red hot. They they, they, they never lose anymore. Now and the Mets they have to, and the Mets Mets go to BC tomorrow. Mets have to play the Nationals uh, with uh, Schwarber and his uh, twenty the uh, uh, twenty uh, uh, OPS, twenty home
0: runs in like five days. It seemed like it seemed like every time he comes up against the Mets now he hits a home run. You know that's paid. They got Jared around Eikhoff. the outfield in the NLCS. basically. They got Jarrett Eichhoff.
3: Jared Eichoff, yeah. By the way, you want to hear something funny? Let me hear that. This is going all over Twitter. Some asshole came to the Met game yesterday and uh, wearing a uh, black Mets jersey Uh with Derek Jeter's name and
0: number on the back. Derek Jeter, black Mets jersey. Yes. Wow, that's gotta be somebody that did it as a joke. I don't now know. If this, is,
3: I don't know if this guy is, is 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 for real, but he's saying, hey, that's me. Oh my god. And there's like a I'm, lot of pictures of people like taking pictures of it. I've never that's the you know what? I don't
0: think I've ever seen that. Maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe he wants Jeter to come out of retirement and play shortstop for the Mets. At this point, maybe you can hit a little bit, you know? Put him at put him at second base, Frank. His range is not for shortstop anymore. Throw Jeter at second base with that uh, number two jersey. <laughs> Can't be any worse. Frank, enjoy your Sunday. We're looking forward to more videos, more reviews, more unboxings, all that stuff. Be well, man. I appreciate you spending a few minutes today. Maybe we'll get some more wins after this. all right my bud, my friend? Oh, we'll see. All right. Be well, Frank. Take care, buddy. All right. Talk Take to you later. And that's Frank the Tank. Frank was uh, a little melancholy. I thought maybe you get inject some uh, vim and vinegar, but, you know, Frank, uh, a different type of fan segment. Frank the Tank, Frank Barstool Sports. All right, you're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. Why did things go wrong for the Mets after their 1986 championship? Eric Sherman, author of the book, Davey Johnson, My Wild Ride in Baseball and Beyond, joined the podcast and has his theory.
5: After 86, Frank um, started making decisions really without Davy's blessing. And then he brought on um, Al Harrison and McElvain. And it was like Davy called it the triumvirate. Um, And, you know, I kind of think of it more as a three headed monster and, these guys were making making the shots. You were call, calling the shots um, on player per- personnel. And um, it wasn't always like that. You know, build, go, going into the 86 season and building that team, uh, Davey felt that Wally Backman wasn't good from the right side of the plate. So he asked Frank to go get him Tim Tupple and he got him. Um, you know, he felt that... Um, that you know, Hojo wasn't as good from the right side as the left side so he went out and got Ray Knight um, so they worked well together I think in the beginning but after 86 for whatever reason um, maybe it was en- uh, Frank's envy of Davey's success uh, a little bit of jealousy there
0: listen to this and more at www.talkingmetspodcast.com All right. We're back. Final thoughts. Uh, Interesting segment there uh, with Frank. Uh, Could get him going. He was very depressed. He was very down about this Mets team. I think we could certainly take away that he was glass half empty. Maybe I should apologize a little bit for some of the four letter words. We usually don't have that on this show. We're rated G family audience, but you know what? We'll put the disclaimer out there anyway. Um so what's next here? Uh, one thing I wanted to just throw out there. I was thinking after we went to the break and we went to Frank that when I had said that the Mets if they had, you know, done a half run or so better and scored another 36 runs, they'd be, you know, playing over 600 baseball. How did I figure that out? I didn't just pull that out of thin air. I used the run differential calculator. It's really what I did. You know, you go on there, you google, you search it, you do run differentials and it tells you what their winning percentage would be. So I just wanted to throw that out there because sometimes, you know, I make statements and I'm like, well, I didn't really qualify that. I should have qualified that a little bit more. So, you know, where we're at, huge week ahead in the sense where I think the Mets can really put a the hammer down. You get an M.O. coming back. They go to Atlanta, not an easy place to play, an annoying place to play, a place where, you know, the Braves are a good offensive team and uh, the Mets might have some problems there. It looks like DeGrom will get one of those starts. And then you have the Subway Series, which – uh, again, I just I just can't get into that Subway Series. It used to be, like I said to Frank, that the Subway Series was that first barometer of you know your test as you went into the the latter parts of the year. Is that's sure like a postseason game in the regular season. It was a good warm up, especially the games at Yankee Stadium. But you know now, um, you know I'm not so sure. You know I'm not so sure about that. So. Uh, Yankees are certainly struggling, coming off a bad series against the Red Sox. I don't know if there's the same juice or dislike uh, by both fan bases. Who knows? I mean, once the games start, there will be fans in the stands this year. So unlike last year, where I felt like even last year, where there were no fans, City Field had more energy with whatever kind of fake piped-in noise the Mets were doing when, you, when they played at Yankee Stadium. It was literally like it was like a practice game. <laughs> like at uh, some field somewhere in in the boroughs where, you know, when you were young and you would play uh, and you'd play early in the morning and it was probably your immediate friends and family, so you'd hear the crack of the bat, you'd hear no noise. That's how it sounded Yankee Stadium last summer when the Mets went to go play there. So, uh, for the July holiday, obviously. So, what what's next? What, what to expect from the program? Because obviously 4th of July is a tough day to do a show. Uh, working on some kind of solution, trying to figure out, we'll see how the week goes, we'll see how the Mets play, Hopefully there's no breaking news, no crazy injuries. uh, Hopefully a good Mets baseball, no kind of emergency show. But um, I'm thinking of a couple of things we can do to kind of get away from the grind, especially with the holiday weekend. And uh, stay tuned. There will be a show. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be before the 4th or after the 4th. But look around that time. You know, it probably won't come out on your normal, um, you know, 4th of July holiday. And it's not really a great day to, you know, put out a show but we'll figure something out and obviously there'll be a ton of baseball and uh, now that we're getting past this crazy and it's really the charge to the all-star breakdown Mets have no more days off until the all-star break the next two weeks are critical the Mets I would say this the, ne- the next two weeks is like a basketball team finishing the quarter you know you have to finish the quarter strong you don't want to have that 10-point lead whittled down to three because you lost focus the last 90 seconds that's what the Mets have to do. And it starts with the offense, and it starts with the offense playing up to their potential. Really, we're not asking for a lot here. We're not asking them to be hitters that they're not. We're asking them to play up to their potential. A lot of these guys have long resumes. Even if they're young, it's not like they've done it for a half a season or two weeks or three weeks. They've got you know, some time in the big leagues. So we'll see where uh, that gets. All right. want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, want to thank our friend Frank the Tank, Frank Fleming. You can check him out at NJTank99 on Twitter. Check out his uh, video blog and his uh, podcast and all that fun stuff. Of course, you could check me out all the time at the com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at com. No G, Mike Silva at... TalkingMetsPodcast.com. I'm your host Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back with another show next week. Till then, take care everybody.